Music. It's something we hear every day. Uh, we sometimes say it's unique to every person, and some people are quick to note how a lot of it, especially the pop genre, seems to sound the same. In this episode, we're talking to a music teacher about all things music the teaching, the playing, and most importantly, if you're the audience, the listening. Welcome to That High School Life. Before we begin our interview today, I'd like to introduce today's guest, uh, Mr. Eric. Uh, Mr. Eric, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Can you uh, introduce yourself? I, I've already given the audience your name, but um, sure, I'm. Uh, yeah, sure, no problem. I'm, uh, I guess, Eric. Uh, that's what <laughs> my students call me. Um, I'm teaching music at uh, Joe's School here, CIS, um, from Canada originally as well. Um, Same hometown. Yeah, that's right. We're both from Brampton. Yeah, I forgot. All the way around the world from Brampton. Small world. Brampton pride. Yeah. Love music, obviously. I teach it. And uh, I'm here to talk to Joe about music, I guess. Well, uh, I'll get the generic question out of the way first. Um, what's your favorite instrument? Uh, well, that's, I mean, that's obviously going to imply some bias. I'm a tuba player, so I, uh, I love everything brass. Uh, trumpet, trombone, tuba, French mm -hmm. horn. I like that rich sound. The, the Rash instruments have a they have a certain a certain rich sound that comes out of them. And and I love that. I don't know, my bias. So so yeah. no plastic recorders here. Oh, we have them here. <laughs> they are forbidden from entering my room. Good. That's why I hear them out in the hallway all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wasn't expecting tuba. I was I was expecting guitar, but that uh tuba's tuba's cool too. Moving on from that, because that was the, the generic question that I think every music teacher gets asked, I'm guessing. Is that usually the first thing you hear? Most people ask me. You know, they see you, um, or rather, they find out that you're a music teacher, and they say, oh, well, what do you play, guitar or piano? Yeah. And then I have to, you know, roll them through the whole story. Well, no, you know, I went to university to study the tuba. <laughs> oh, is that the one that wraps around you? Yeah, no, sort of, uh, <laughs> right? Um, but then I kind of say, you know, I... I I do. I dabble in everything. I have a musical ADHD, I guess, and mm -hmm. whatever I can get my hands on, you can find me messing around on. Um, I do more of the wind instruments. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's kind of where my specialty lies. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really into wind band and concert band and stuff, and I know I don't. I don't appear to be that type of person. <laughs> like you know, maybe 50 years younger than your typical band director and. Mm -hmm. um, in that, but I, 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 I like their sound and and yeah. So I I, I dabble more strongly on brass instruments, mm -hmm. and then some winds as well. Yeah, yeah. That's that's usually the first question people ask you. Oh, what do you play? <laughs> right? Never really what your favorite instrument is. And I had to yeah. think about it. I had, you know I had to go through the catalog of all strange instruments to see if they <laughs> would top beat out the tuba, the kazoo. Is the theremin really that good? Right. <laughs> But no, definitely the tuba. You know, I think as a music teacher, it's nice to be able to respond with, you know, I, I play a range of them. Um, but on the teacher side thing now, you know, our, our school's an international school. We're obviously not in Brampton. We're not in Canada. We're, we're in Vietnam. And the weird thing is we, we teach a Western curriculum. Do you think this affects the way that maybe music education is perceived? Um, I guess maybe by students and parents? Yeah, that's interesting. I think um, I think in the Asian context, and this is just me speaking on my you know my limited experience and what I've kind of observed mm -hmm. being an outsider. 
Um, I think in the Asian context, uh, Western music tradition is extremely highly valued. And it's seen as something being almost uh, separate from traditional musical mediums. So um, traditional music kind of has its place, but um, so does Western music. And I think um, in in school and in academia, I think Western music is, is, is a lot more highly valued. And I think students mm-hmm. respond to that as well. Uh, we had a zither player come in and do a workshop. <laughs> and we had the students sitting around on the floor and they were plucking away. Mm-hmm. They learned a song. I can't remember what it's called. Something swan. Lunch song or something like that. Yeah. And um, they... You know, they learned to play a little bit, and I asked them after. I said, "Would you be interested in, in, in you know, continuing learning the theremin? Or yeah. sorry, not the theremin. Pardon me, the zither." And they said, "Wow, no, <laughs> I, I, I don't like this at all. You know, I hate this. I want to learn the saxophone." Uh-huh. So, um, it's interesting, and and most of the music that they're exposed to, it it, it sort of stems from the, the North American pop sure. culture, or rather, you know, the pop the pop scene, the Western pop scene. So. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of want to learn more about that, right? And mm-hmm. that's, you know, thanks to K-pop and, and, and as V-pop gets bigger here, it right. stems from that even. Um, so, yeah, the students respond really well to, to music education and Western mm-hmm. music, and, and, and they're really interested in learning th- these instruments. I don't know. Do you, do you find that the students and the, the parents, they tend to be open to your suggestion as a teacher, like, you should be learning this, or... Or this is the approach that you should be taking to learning music? For sure. I don't have many parents that are experts in music. So <laughs> they kind of, you know, they trust you as to, to be the expert, which is kind of, I guess it's refreshing more so. As, right. I think you get that more as a, maybe as a specialist teacher in high school. Mm-hmm. Even, in, even in cases where my, my parents are far better musicians or music educators than me, they, yeah. they know, um, they, you know, they give you, they give you the space to, to sort of, um, uh, teaching, teaching your own style, and yeah, uh, teaching your own ways. So, so that's nice. Yeah. yeah, they let you do your thing. Yeah, for sure, they totally do. And and a lot of and a lot of parents, you know, they ask me like, oh, like, how should my student be practicing at home and stuff like right. that? And um, now I'm happy to answer those questions. They don't often get asked back home. With that in mind, so uh, we we're talking about like um, teaching music in in Vietnam um, through a Western context as as like a Western curriculum school. But having said that. So I've been to the concerts that um, CIS regularly hosts. Um, the last one, I believe, was, what, Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I noticed there was that there's, there's a really wide variety of selections, and I think that's awesome. Um, so we see stuff from, from jazz standards to Ariana Grande and Mariah Carey, uh, All I Want for Christmas is You, uh, with the concert band, or just the students in general. Do you, do you find them gravitating to any particular style of music? They love anime OST. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that's that's probably the strongest body of gravity. Yeah. Um, but no, the kids are. They have a wide variety of interests, and and um, they'll just come upon a song on YouTube, and they'll, you know, they'll obsess over it a little bit. Oh, I want to play this, and it could be <laughs> anything like you said. They could just stumble upon a jazz standard that they've never heard before, and yeah. they quite like it. So the students are really open to a wide variety of, of, of different musical sounds here. I think they have quite an eclectic taste, yeah. which is cool. And I don't know if you saw my music meme of the week on the board there, but it's sort of supported by Tupac and Bach. You know, they're, <laughs> they're giving each other a big handshake in the mm-hmm. board. So uh, they, they, they have this really uh, interesting eclectic taste, and I think 
the other side of that too like i have to i have to kind of contribute to that variety as well mm -hmm. so i'll tell the concert band we're playing this because it's good for you right <laughs> you have to play this it's a slow song right um you have to learn to to sort of be more emotive and, and take some time when you're playing music as well so um some of those things i've i've told them they need to do mm -hmm. in general they're going to gravitate to more fast and exciting stuff but sure I, you know i've got kids they they want to play video game music uh arrangements of pop music jazz standards and and it's all good mm -hmm. yeah um it, th that certainly surprised me when i got here i think the the the, the types of music the students are interested in do, do yeah. you ever encounter any resistance with the if if you as like the the director say this is what we're playing, do you ever get resistance or like groans like oh we don't want to do that? For sure, yeah. But then you know uh, we play it well. Uh, we listen to a recording of yeah. it, right? We rehearse it and then play it well, and the the students they respond well to that. They're like, wow, you know, we can sound <laughs> beautiful. We can yeah. make these beautiful sounds, and we could we could play something slow and make it sound you know emotional. Yeah, and of course, when when they play really well and they they make me emotional, they love that too. They're like we're gonna play this so well, we make you cry, Mister Eric. Have you ever cried for the opposite reason? Oh my God, that sounds terrible. <laughs> uh, almost. <laughs> that usually happens at the dress rehearsal. Yeah, yeah, and that's what practice is for, right? Yeah. With the the question of a uh, of a uh, musical variety, has there any has there been any student suggestions or student selections that have surprised you personally? Like, didn't see that coming or. I didn't expect you to like that. Yeah, some of these jazz standards. Yeah, um, last year, I, I I opened up a slot sort of at the the last concert for the concert band. <laughs> I allow them to, you know, pitch a piece to me. Yeah. And if I can find it and if it's playable, then we do it. And one of the students wanted to play. Um, I think it was summertime. And she said, you know, it was old jazz standard. She wanted to play summertime. And I was like, wow. You know, I didn't, didn't I certainly, the, this student I know was like obsessed with, you know, pop music and K-pop and stuff. And then mm -hmm. this kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's a great tune. Um, and we're playing it this year. Cool. Yeah. Um, but, um, but that, yeah, stuff like that. And, and then of course there's the, you know, the, <laughs> avalanche of suggestions to play <laughs> OST music, which is completely not surprising at all. Right. You know, I, I get the sense that you give them a lot of um, a lot of room to to select. Yeah. For in sure. addition to what you're teaching them, you as a teacher, is there any genre that you, in particular, focus on or like to focus on? Yeah. So, um, to some degree, I have to keep bringing the students back through the lens of like Western art music, and right. uh, the reason for that is that there are so many different things that you can do with music, artistically and expressively, that we wouldn't be able to touch upon if we just focused on pop music. Yeah. Uh, pop music has no dynamic range. There's a reason for that. It's so that you can hear every word of the song yeah. when you're in the mall. Right. <laughs> so, uh, we have to kind of keep going back through that, through that lens so that we can talk about things like, um, you know, a, a, a changing, t maybe a piece has a changing tempo and we need mm -hmm. to talk about that. Whereas, um, that's maybe harder to find in, in the popular music canon, but, mm -hmm. um, we do have to keep going back and then I have to catch myself to make sure though that I'm covering plenty of different uh, time periods as well. And then, and then even if it suits to connect to different genres outside, I, I do try and do that. Um, it can be tough at times, but when we're talking about listening yep. and music appreciation, I tried and get around to talk about jazz and classical and experimental and 
you know, rock music and rap music and, and everything that I can get my hands on that mm-hmm. I can connect to, the, to what the students are talking about. I think that's important. Different genres do different things well. Sure. So, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So that definitely is a consideration when we're talking about listening to music and appreciation and certain concepts. But it it's, it's tough that it kind of all has to keep coming back through the classical music canon. Yeah. And that's just unfortunately with the with the way that the western curriculum is that's kind of the way it it has kind of been drawn up right it might not say so in in the curriculum document it mm-hmm. might not say talk about bach but if you're going to talk about harmony mm-hmm. you got to talk about bach a little bit right so yeah is is there a i guess you do look at technical things like like harmony and dynamic range um as you talk about bach right for sure yeah. um do you find the students picking that stuff out more when they listen to pop music now or like OSTs or anything where it's like, oh, you know, I can actually hear the harmony coming through on this? Yeah. So outside of playing the instruments, I really want the students to walk away with the ability to deconstruct the music they're right. listening to. I think that for 90 percent of them, that's going to be more useful to them throughout their life. Uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, not many of them are going to leave high school and continue to pl- practice the clarinet and play in a community band. Like, I don't, I don't think that's that's feasible. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing, but it's not feasible. So, I do want my students to walk away with that ability to deconstruct the music they hear, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of a big focus in particularly my grade nine class because a lot of students are forced to be there in grade nine. <laughs> right? They have to take an art. Yep. Some of them take music. So we we talk about that a lot and. Um, it's kind of interesting for the students to break apart music like that. And then for them to, for that kind of that, that light bulb moment to hit where Mm -hmm. it it might be a prompt from me. We're listening to a piece of music from a video game and it's called the dusty woods. And I might ask them, why would they use a xylophone? And the students will go, Oh, you know, I don't know. The xylophone's (laughs) made of what? Oh, wood. Oh, woods, wood. Okay. Yeah. So it's really, uh, it's really interesting when the students kind of click the fact that composers are making choices for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I really want them to walk away with that concept that composers make choices not just because of, you know, oh, this combination of things sounded good, but yeah. that they're trying to kind of communicate something. There's, there's like a technical reason behind it as well, too, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. There could be a technical reason or an artistic expressive reason or uh, some in some cases there could be a story or in some cases not. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just sounds, but... I do, yeah, I think it's really cool when the kids can kind of hear that stuff. Oh, right. Yeah. Music, I'm guessing, is a subject. I've never taught it before. I I can plunk out a song or two on the guitar, but that's about it. Um, but as an educator, um, what made you want to teach this subject that can be highly technical yet also highly emotional? Yeah, that's, uh, well, it, it's always an interesting story how people get into teaching. I think... I think in in most cases it's an interesting story. Uh, I thought I was going to be a composer. Yeah. You know, I went to music school. I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to, you know, compose film music or mm-hmm. game music or whatever it is. But I just, I, you know, I sat in the compose in 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 the composition classes, and I just wasn't really liking it. And um, to some degree. Uh, being involved in music at some point you're going to like teach someone how to do something you know you're going to teach a lesson or <laughs> something like that so that's that's kind of something that all musicians kind of have to go back to as being an experience that they can draw on f- 
if they're going to get into teaching and and yep. and I did and I you know I thought that that's something that I could do I had success at it and I I liked it so that's that's how I ended up here. Uh, part of that as well is I you know I had a really good time taking music in in school mm-hmm. myself as a student. I think it's there are so many ways that you can you can validate a music program, right? You could say, um, I mean, some people would have you think that it it's good for mathematical knowledge. I don't. <laughs> there's nothing, there's no proof of that. Uh-huh. There is some there's some psychological evidence to say that it connects to language centers in the brain. You use the same center right. for for making music um, and expressing your your musical side as as you do when you're speaking. But for me, it's kind of the community aspect. Um, and that's kind of what really interested me. I, I, I really like the idea of having kind of a special place for some students to come and be a part of a community and that they feel comfortable, you know, expressing themselves or just, you know, hanging out without the expectations of maybe, um, what they need to do to pass a math test or something like that. So that kind of uh, th- that's really important for me for teaching music and I think that's kind of what what attracted me to the to the position as well I mm-hmm. love I love the community of the band it's been um, especially over the past year mm-hmm. I've been able to really see that community um, shine through in kind of an interesting way in an inexplicable way right um, yeah especially with you know with with losing one of our members mm-hmm. um, students who had never spoken to her before she passed away they you know they had this unexplained connection there and they were so they couldn't they it was so strange to them to to express how they felt about about this person having almost never spoken to them but played in the band right for a number of months together um they could tell you that they had a certain connection with that person mm-hmm. but they wouldn't be able to tell you exactly why because like i said they had never they never said a word. So, yeah. um, yeah, that, that rich community aspect is so important to me. Um, yeah. It, and that's uh, why I'm really here. Yeah. I, I get the sense from what you're saying that music tends to be a bit of an equalizer, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, in a way that it brings people together. Um, kind of doesn't matter what like social group you're in. If you're in the band, you're in the band and you're a band member. Yeah. And you, it, you're all, you're all, you know, you're all kind of trying your hardest to reach the same goal together and mm-hmm. you're not really triumphing over anyone but yourself so that's right. kind of an interesting side of there's no winner and loser in band it's just you know yeah you're competing against yourself really yeah so yeah that's cool and i try to i try to encourage that as much as i can in sort of different ways so i have the older kids they do smaller groups and that's mm-hmm. where they get into playing music that they select and kind of put together and in, yep. in their small communities um whether that's Jazz Standard or Ariana Grande. And, yeah, it's all about that community building. Mm-hmm. What would you say has been your favorite thing about this experience so far, of just, you know, teaching music or directing a band? To see the, the, the process um, unfold and then, and then, and then to have that, that amazing, you know, that amazing performance or finished product. Um, the kids here have far exceeded my expectations and... Um, yeah, I'm really humbled by them. Yeah. The music that we make is so awesome, and it always blows my mind. Now, I've, I've seen it happen uh, more than once where, you know, I've been at the concerts, and, you know, by the end of the show, usually there's been one, two, three, or maybe the whole the whole thing, where I've been like, whoa, I was not expecting that. 
as a director, you tend to see that process from the beginning right through to the end. So you see the students as they're learning it, they're making their mistakes, you know, and they, they, they have this finished product. Um, do you, do you still have that experience where it's like, Oh my God. For like every time, like every, every rehearsal, <laughs> every class, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, they draw these kids drive me nuts forever. And I'll, <laughs> I'll constantly nag them and they'll fix those little things, of course. And then out of nowhere, they just do something and it sends mm-hmm. shivers down my spine. I'm like, where the heck did that come from? Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll come and just play the shining chord. And it's like, this is, you know, this is the most beautiful music I've ever heard. And then, of course, they, they proceed to screw up something else. <laughs> but it happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely part of, part of the benefits of the job, I yeah. think. <laughs> and, I mean, usually by the end, like, as, as an audience member, um, I tend not to see that. I only ever see the finished product. But, you know, by the end, you've got a pretty polished product. Um, that sounds pretty impressive. And that, that's just, you know, I guess, a compliment coming from somebody who's, who's watched these shows uh, over the years. So we've been talking about music education so far, uh, your favorite experience. Um, do students ever come to you and say, Mr. Eric, who should I be listening to? They must all at the some time. point, right? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> And uh, we go back and forth, you know what I mean? And I, I, I have a good time telling them, you know, if they're listening to something, like, ah, what are you listening to that for? <laughs> That's crap, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then we go back and forth, and I'm like, yeah, if you, you know, if you're, like, a real emo, you're going to listen to this. <laughs> um, so that's, that's really funny. I try to, I try to um, when, I, when I have time, and I usually do in the morning, so when my morning kids come in, mm-hmm. I have my Spotify running, and I'm, you know, playing sort of something that's just on my mind or what I'm listening to, and mm-hmm. kids will go over and go, right and they'll, they'll check it out <laughs> yeah um and that's really cool too i think uh part of my musical upbringing was you know hanging out with my friends and just digging for that new tune yeah. or that new band and just talking about that um yeah i think that's really important as well and yeah oftentimes kids will come up to me and they'll they'll be like oh you know what i'm looking for something else to listen to and i can yeah. like, you know check this out um and it goes both ways like i said even with the playful banter, but seriously, kids will be like, oh, have you heard this? It's amazing. And mm-hmm. I'll be like, no, you know, I'll <laughs> definitely check that out. And I've, and I've come to some pretty cool stuff that way too. And I try to get at that through, you know, when we're learning about a concept. So we'll talk about odd meter time. Right. And we'll listen to a Radiohead song. And I'll be like, you know, you know, check this out. I don't know how many students go home and actually do, mm-hmm. but um, certainly that suggestion's there. Have you noticed like in the past year, and this is just an observation there's been a few students who've um, who've been listening to John Denver. <laughs> I, I, I hear Country Roads playing in 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 the the hallways sometimes. So have you noticed something like that? Like yep. there's been like this classical, you know, almost revival. <laughs> I, I'm hearing Pink Floyd. Yeah. Well. Uh, okay. So the John Denver thing. Like, I mean, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> I'm I think that's kind curious. of a meme thing. Actually, I think. Yeah. I think it's an irony thing, right? Um, but yeah, no, um, that's cool. Yeah, I hope that there's kind of a classical revival. And I mean, not to say that uh, that we need a classical revival and that kids are only listening to Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin. Yeah. And, you know, everything that happened after 1979 is garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's, uh, there's so much music out there. Like, it just staggers my mind to think. Like, you could, you could... Put a constraint on yourself and say, I'm never for the rest of my life going to listen to music 
made after 2000, like recorded mm-hmm. after the year 2000. And you could you could listen to new music for the rest of your life. Yep. Um, so I think that's really cool that kids are kind of digging back and making that connection. I, I haven't heard the Pink Floyd yet, but I would love to go rock up some Pink Floyd in the hallway. Yeah. That's uh, cool. Yeah, I walked into my business class one day and just yeah. Pink Floyd was playing Wish You Were Here. And I was like, do you guys listen to this? Oh, okay. Um, but with that being said, so uh, you've got students who come into your class every day. Um, I don't know, every so often, who ask you what you're listening to. Um, do, you, do you kind of have a list that if somebody comes up, up to you and says, who should I be listening to, that, that are your favorites to recommend? Or is that I like, just try and make a connection to, you know, just kind of what's there off the top of my head that I can think of. What are you interested in? <laughs> um, what are some other things you're listening to? And then I can try and make those connections otherwise. Yeah course so there are suggestions that i always make and when we're doing music appreciation i have to kind of stop myself from mm-hmm. just choosing bands that i like <laughs> to showcase yeah because um I, I brought up radiohead before but you could connect like there's a reason why pe- so many people why critics and um lots of sort of fans of music laud them is because they use so many different elements of music and they're so uh, they incorporate so many interesting things from um, experimental and classical music into their work. Um, so I really have to kind of pause myself and just <laughs> try and hold back on making every lesson a Radiohead yeah. lesson. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it just depends. Like, what do you, you know? What are you interested in? Oh, well, I'm um, I'm I'm really interested in you know this sort of electronic music. Well, check this out. Mm-hmm. Um, depends on the student, right? Yeah. Or, or yeah. Yeah, my students were listening to My Chemical Romance. And I was like, <laughs> well, at first I was like, you know, if you're a real emo, you're going to listen to Joy Division. Check yeah. out Joy Division. This like where this came from. So, um, yeah, those conversations happen all the time. And, and it's just, I just try and pull it out of the top of my head. Yeah. God, I was, I was obnoxious as a <laughs> high school kid. I had, you know, the iPod Classic and it was <laughs> like, I had it jammed. My goal was to jam it with as much music yeah. as possible, right? Um, just, just trying to get my hands on so much music. Mm-hmm. Um, pretentious at times I was but and that's you know, okay I came out of it with <laughs> you know hopefully a, a pretty good understanding of some different genres and, and yeah, lots of, of artists and stuff uh, the city has a pretty vibrant music scene and there's a lot of different cultures in the city because it tends to be a bit of a, a hub for international travelers uh, who are moving through Southeast Asia in the time that you've been here uh, at CIS and you know, uh, within Vietnam in general are there any artists you've discovered um, either locally or who've been passing through? I haven't really had the opportunity to get too involved in the local music scene. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely a regret of mine. Music scenes can be really hard to penetrate, I think. And mm-hmm. um, I think back home, I think of the shows that I would go to. I, I would turn up at, you know, a grungy bar on the <laughs> corner that yeah. only a few of my, again, pretentious friends have ever heard of mm-hmm. to see a band that not so many people are fans of sort of thing so that's kind of i haven't really i haven't really been out to like any underground vietnamese music and i think that would be really interesting yeah. um of the big pop variety my students put me on to uh Santung mtp i don't know if you know him he's the big pop star you'll see you no see him idea at the, <laughs> you see him at the mall google image him once yeah uh he's like he does like levi's <laughs> endorsements he does like oppo phone endorsements he does like like all these endorsements so he's a huge i think right now he's kind of up and coming a big uh vietnamese pop star um okay and that's kind of and and you you can hear his stuff it kind of it starts from 
it kind of picks up from where K-pop kind of would leave off right. um, for a Vietnamese pop star, the space for a Vietnamese pop star to kind of make a similar sort of type of music. But the more, I think as he evolves, it's going to be a little bit more interesting to watch yeah. him evolve into uh, finding finding a more sort of what what should a Vietnamese sort of pop star look like? Like what should Vietnamese pop music look like? Yeah. I think that's going to be really interesting to follow as he makes it his own. It's, it, it, it's cool. It's catchy. It's yeah. good stuff. Um, and I, I love, um, I'm really interested in like the Vina house movement. I think that's really cool. I think um, that's just how good electronic music starts. It's like one simple concept that yeah. gets replicated over and over and over again until one single element of music somehow becomes a genre, right? Yeah. And for Vina House, it's that it's the house beat with the with the bass rhythm. Yep. And it just we hear it everywhere. It's it's <laughs> nonstop, right? I could I could kind of feel a little bit coming through the floor right now. I don't know where it's coming from, but it's there. Um, but I think that's super interesting and really cool. And again, that's something that um, it's going to be really interesting to follow mm-hmm. as as this as that sort of stuff evolves. Yeah. Vietnam's cool that way. There's a really strong, um, there's a really strong kind of singer-songwriter culture that I haven't yep. really, uh, I haven't really dug into either. The the guitar is considered one of the national instruments, one of the traditional right. instruments. So there's a really strong culture that way as well. And um, yeah, don't stop karaoke either. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite. That'll be one of my favorite memories of Vietnam. I'll be waking up somewhere else in the world and just. Just Hearing thinking karaoke. about, yeah, <laughs> there will be some some karaoke ec- echoing in my head. Or some even man. when it's flooding, yeah. you know, you can be driving and it'll be flooding and you'll still hear a woman on the side of the road singing karaoke. Just don't, yeah, just don't stop. <laughs> don't compromise. Karaoke always. All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that like you're able to answer all those questions. I think it's been a, it's been a great interview. So thank you for sitting with me. Um, last question I'd like you to ask you. Um, and we might have touched upon this in the first question, but what is your least favorite instrument? Plastic recorder. So easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally so easy. Um, it's just... Uh, I, I agree, though. It's I, just it is... so awful. And there are... Yes, there are there are people who play it so well. There mm-hmm. are professional recorder players, and they play it very well. But it's At the grade school level? <laughs> no, it's just... It takes a special person to teach a student how to play a recorder properly, and it can be done. You know, mm-hmm. particularly if they play it softly, but I just, yeah, there's no space in my heart for the recorder. I'm sorry. That's okay. Sorry, you and everyone. me both. And I'm pretty sure like <laughs> all the, all the teachers who are within uh, earshot of the music rooms share the same sentiment, but, um, yeah, uh, thank you for, uh, this interview. Um, and, uh, where are you off to for next year? Uh, so my uh, fiance and I are moving to Korea to teach in uh, Jeju Island in the international school sort of community there. Okay, yeah. great, man. Yeah. Uh, well, good luck, and uh, you know, hopefully, you can do a follow up interview soon. All right, um, cool. That has been season two, episode five of That High School Life. Uh, again, a big thank you to Mr. Eric for taking the time to sit down for an interview. Uh, for those of you that are listening, stay tuned for an episode on educational technology and its uses in the classroom. If you're listening to this podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are found. All you have to do is search for That High School Life. Thanks again for listening. Uh, My name is Joe. Have a good one.